Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. Every day I'm hustling, 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 every day I'm Welcome to a Cigar Hustlers Podcast, where we take a closer look at the people of the cigar industry with your host, Mike and Mike. So what do you want to talk about, Hello? You know exactly what the fuck I want to talk about. No, I don't. To make it a surprise. Donuts? No, no. no, no I want to talk about the barn smoker. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh. the sweaty, muddy, uh, wet barn smoker. I want to talk about the the travel uh, coordination. Oh, you big baby for the barn smoker. You big baby. How am I a big baby? Because you're gonna complain about me. So let me. So should I paint the picture for uh, for the listeners? Um, well, first the original. Oh, well, you the, can't wait, defend wait, wait, yourself. I'm not defending no, no, myself. No, 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 I'm no, giving no, no, the original no. plan for the get, day. You don't get to go off the rip and say, "Well, let me tell you." I mean, this is my story. I'm gonna to preface tell. the story with a you disclaimer. Can, you can you can change it around all you want later, <sighs> but the fact of the matter this, is, this gonna be a whole show. I'll so no, I mean, but it's gonna be at least okay. a solid three minutes. <sighs> so time, we were gonna running. so we were gonna go. To, we're going to the barn smoker, right? You were gonna give me your ticket, but I didn't need one because I already had my ticket. I said thank you very much. Don't yes. worry. Yes. I'm gonna take my buddy Drew. Yes. And then you said, all right, whatever, then I'll give my tic- your other ticket to my brother. Right. Greg. So, Greg. Okay. Cool. So later on that evening, you're like, hey, you know, uh, I'm going to, do you want me to pick up Drew? And then, you know, uh, well, yada, yada, yada. Well, three, basically three houses away from Right. You. And then, you know, I, I'm going to pick up Greg. And I'm like, okay, cool. So what time are you picking me up? And you're like, well, you're really out of the, you're kind of out of the way. You are. You were out of the way. Okay. But you, I, I wasn't out of the way. Well, we just went a different way that made you on the way. Not even fucking remotely out of the way. The only yes, guy yes. who was out of the way. Was your brother. Was my brother significantly out of the way, but you didn't want to pick me up. You're such a whiny girl. You didn't want to fucking such pick me up. Such a whiny girl. Uh, so that that's it. You don't want to defend yourself in any way, shape, or form. Well, original the plans were: Greg and I were going in one car, and you were going in your own car. And then Greg said, well, "Why don't we all carpool?" So you were so going to we pick were, up the guy that I, I was, was taking. A, well, he's right by my house. And bring him with you. And then pick up the other guy. Well, no, That's you were going to come. You were going to come to Greg's house way. and meet us there. So then I'm going to drive 25 minutes out of the way. Oh, you're such a baby. I love it. I love it because you know I told you I was going to talk about this shit. I didn't know it's what it was. I said this is going to happen, and then you forgot about. I said I quit the show. I'm turning this off right now. That's it. <laughs> you're done. It's all right. I can't work the machinery. It, it's okay. You're right. I can't. But I for, <laughs> I forgive you, Michael. It's okay. Wow. We're, we're moving right. on. We're moving on. We've got past it. Yes. Yes. So, All right. Are you ready? Okay. Ready? One, two, three, go. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Mike, too. And this is a Cigar, Cigar Hustlers, Hustlers podcast. podcast. I told you this would be like three minutes. That wasn't even, you know? Two and a half. Yeah, because you gave me, you had no retaliation. But that's I fine. gave up. We have uh, get, Getting to Know Your Retailer series. What do you think? Something oh, like that's that, a good name. Right? I like getting that. To know yeah, your getting retailer. to Know Your Retailer. We have Mario and Patty from Cigar Life of Lakeland, right? Say hi, guys. You guys have to say hello. Hi, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having us. How do they sound? Good? Good. Everybody's good. Okay. So uh, you guys are fairly new to the industry, right? How okay. long have you been in the... How long have you been a retailer? Uh, 17 months now. 17 months. Uh, it's like it's still a new baby date. Yeah. Right. <laughs> We're yes. still counting in months. It's still counting in months. Right. It's kind of like... Um, it's awesome My still. child is 19 months old. It's like when you hit the six or seven year mark, 
life just sucks. It's like, fuck it, I'm a, I'm a fucking retailer. Whatever. You're all disgruntled. You're just you get over it. You yeah, hate you, the industry. You, you learn which brokers and reps are complete assholes and which ones are good ones and stuff like that. And, you know, you'll, you'll, you're you well established at that point, I guess, to some, some degree. So what the hell made you guys get into the cigar industry? Well, that's interesting because um, I started smoking about 12, 13 years ago. Uh, neighbor across the street introduced me to cigars and cigars had always been in our culture anyway so my grandfather smoked cigars and we were exposed to it but not at a high level if you will mm -hmm. and so he introduced me and I tit man once it happened I got bit bad so and, uh, over a decade ago is yeah. when, you, when you started to become yeah. a cigar guy uh, humidor two humidors tower humidor you know wow this is awesome and uh, about four years ago, I was sitting in uh, the Nat Sherman townhouse in New York with the colleagues I was working with at the time. Right. And as I'm sitting there, I looked at them and I said, owning a cigar shop would be really freaking cool. Right. And I came back and told Patty, I said, listen, we've always wanted our own business. You know, I think, you know, I, I want to do this. Let's open a cigar shop here in Lakeland. I mean, so we started to look around and and you know there's a lot more to that story but uh that's but how we it got all time. started that's that's how it all started was you know uh wanting our own business and you know coupling that with the passion for cigars and patty patty had just begun smoking and uh, interesting story uh, at least in our shop we normally find that you know people who start smoking whether they're female or male or young or old Something familiar is always better. So right. coffee, latte, cappuccino, macchiato, espresso, whatever. Um, and there's more variety there as far as sizes. So hand feel, mouth feel, to transition them into the art of smoking a cigar. Right. Patty picks as her first cigar at Diamond Crown, Connecticut. Very so nice. Go big or go home, Patty. <laughs> I was screwed after <laughs> that. Yeah, Mario's like, okay, great, that's just, it. She just you know, set the bar yeah. super high. <laughs> yeah, that was it. So uh, we started to chip away at it. We had no idea four years ago how we would do it. Right. And, uh, you know, when you commit yourself to something, uh, you know, the doors start opening up. And uh, it took four years, but, you know, here we are. And uh, we have a 2,400-square-foot lounge in Lakeland, Florida. And... Uh, it's it's awesome. So it it's took awesome. you four years to finally open the shop. Yeah. yeah. So what what did that kind of process entail? Just out of curiosity, because I think a lot of people wake up one day and say, "Hey, let's do this," right? And um, they realize that they're really not that prepared. They have no idea what they're doing, and then normally they find yes, themselves that's correct. <laughs> well, yeah, but the, at least you guys did some prep work, right? Because you find yourself, you know, in such a predicament after six months if you don't have the prep work set up, right? And um, I think it's very common that a lot of retailers start off as retired guys and they're like, hey, I'm just gonna have a toy and then all of a sudden they burn through whatever their retirement money is. They just kind of rob from the till to pay their bills and then they're belly up in less than a year's time, right? So you guys did four years worth of kind of prep work? Prep work, uh, certainly. I'm very A-type personality, so mm -hmm. when I commit myself to something, I don't need any motivation, I don't need anybody patting me on the back. Right. I knew exactly what I was going to do. Um, I come from an industry where there's a lot of data compilation, so right. um, we had, in, I come from the grocery industry, I've been in the grocery industry since I was 14 years old, Right. Uh, going to be 54 this year, so 40 years of my life, you know, in that industry at retail, mm -hmm. clearly understood um, how that works. 
what impulse items are, um, you know, how to manage merchandising. Right. Uh, Milk goes in the back. Right. <laughs> you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and we had access to a lot of data. So IRI, uh, Nielsen, these are all syndicated formats national syndicated format. Okay. That I don't data. neither one of those things. So, uh, so for example, <laughs> that's this, great, this, that's this type of information would be able to, I'd be, so let's say that you wanted to, and, and I know we're talking about cigars, but just to create an analogy. Right. Let's say that you wanted to start Mike's Mayonnaise, uh -huh. right? And you wanted to sell it to Publix. Well, I could tell you who your competitors were. Right. Uh, what price point you needed to be at. I could help you with supply chain. I could tell you how often you needed to promote. I could tell you uh, what level you need to promote at. I could give you a projection of how many cases you're going to sell a year. I could, uh, I, there's so much data right. that, that uh, almost ensures that you're going to be successful if you follow the formula. So how does that kind of convey into the cigar it industry? It doesn't. <laughs> well, so here we go. I know exactly what we're going to do. I'm going to try and start gathering data. Mm -hmm. Well, there's no syndicated data for cigars. Right. So what do you look at next? Well, what's the next common denominator? Demographics. Well, right. I could I could chip away at that because I knew what my demographics were. We have three significant uh, high-income uh, residential areas right. around where we wanted to be. Gotcha. And so that was a plus. Uh, who are our competitors? We hit every cigar shop between uh, Daytona and Tampa, right? Uh, and more so, not as a study, but uh, it, because we had friends we were developing in the business and we were starting to go and being passionate about cigars, we're going to all these events with Joaquin and, uh, you know, Emmy and Z and uh, from Cordoba and Morales. And so, you know, through them, we began to gather well, what's the tempo? What does it look like? Right. What are the margins? What are, what do we need to start, you know? well, let's do a floor plan. So based on this floor plan, this would be the size of our humidor. How much money do we need for inventory? How much money do, what kind of furniture do we want? And then we start chipping away at right. putting it all together, right? And the, the competitive aspect was really the biggest part for me because at the time uh, there was a Tinderbox franchise about six miles from where we ultimately opened. Uh, it took four years because we weren't ready. Right. Right. We just weren't ready. Um, I, th I thought if you do A and B, you're going to get C. Right. And had A and B happened and C had come, we'd have been in the situation you described earlier. Right. We would have, we, there were things we needed to learn during that time, which was extremely frustrating for me. Right. Because I come from an industry that I dominated. Right. So here I'm in a, in a, in a whole new industry that doesn't work that way. Right. So everything from real estate to loans to, credit lines to Permits, you know, business plans, permitting, licensing, all these things. We had to we had to we had to learn ourselves really, really fast. Right. So and it's fortunate that things happened the way they did because we've been successful to this point uh, because of those learnings that we right. we had along the way. So um, so who's the rep for Diamond Crown in your area? Uh, right now it's Mike McKinney. Oh it still is Mike mm -hmm. McKinney? Yeah. All right, so are you like besties with him then? Or no? <laughs> Yeah. We're, we're good friends. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a, a great, great guy. guy. He really is. He's a great really guy. Is a good he's buttoned dude. up. He's Johnny on the spot. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's helped us a lot. And, yeah. You know, actually, it's funny you should mention, Mike, because uh, once we had the location established and we knew where we were going to open, we had to build out. We had a contractor to do the build out and everything. Uh, we had the floor plans ready. We sat down with each rep to kind of start putting our initial orders together. We mm -hmm. sat down with Mike McKinney 
and Mike spent the first 30 minutes of our conversation trying to talk us out of doing the cigar business. <laughs> right. He's like, you sure you yeah, want to do this? That's a really bad idea. Why, why do you want to do, do this? Doing? You guys are nuts. Don't, don't get into the cigar industry. You know, listen, it's too late, man. It's dry on the contract, on the lease, We're on here. everything. Yeah. It's done. We're here. But he's been a tremendous asset as well as um, M E and Z, who, who helped us a lot. Right. Um, another asset, Alex Bliss from Cutters. Uh, okay. When we were, you know, polishing up our floor plan and our finances and stuff. I sat with Alex a couple times. He was very, very instrumental in helping us. He'd already been in business for a couple of years. So uh, we, we, did get, we got a lot of support from the industry to get going. Right. I mean, that's got to be difficult, but also kind of refreshing when you have a salesman approach you and say, you sh really sure you want to get into this? Because a lot of salesmen would walk into the place and be like, all right, here we go. This is going to be my Just section of the humidor. Bigger than you We're need. going to get to 10 of these, 10 of these, right. 10 of these, 10 of these. You know, all right, we're going to back them all up. And, you know, that'll be $8,000. And yeah. then all of a sudden you're sitting on, you know, a shit ton of cigars that nobody really cares about. Right. But instead you, you had the opposite of that. You had a guy that went out of his way and said, you, you really need to think this through. And he's been like that all, all the way through, right. all the time. He never, he's never pushed us into... A situation where we're not comfortable, or we're you know, right. I mean, we we've even talked about oh you know we probably we'd like to make the humidor bigger or should we? And he's like no 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 no, right. just leave it alone, leave it alone. You're good. Yeah, it's difficult to expand it. So here's yeah. where some of that, you know, grocery knowledge comes in. There's uh, velocity standards in the grocery store. So I always worked with Publix, which is my primary account. And at Publix, if you put a new item on the shelf and in 13 weeks it's not moving, it automatically becomes deactivated. So in other words, it doesn't come off the shelf, but the system will no longer reorder that case. 13 so, weeks? 13 weeks. Wow. So we knew, I knew from my experience at Publix that I had to have the highest ranking items in each of the manufacturers that we wanted to start with. Right. So that's how we selected our opening orders right. for everyone. That's a great approach. So we knew that at the very least, we were starting with the best of the best velocity movers in each of the brands we were going to represent. Right. And that was huge. Super was smart. Huge. That isn't something that a lot of people do. They just say, we'll take it. You know? Yeah, no, and, it's, no. And, and listen, even today, we have people coming to our door every every day, every mom and pop. Of course. Uh, listen, you can, you, can you carry our stuff? And, you know, it, the, 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 the story of I don't have space is... Everyone knows that's just a cop out. Right. I, I'm going to bring in what my customers want. Right. Right. So an example of that would be, we had our one year anniversary in January. We had a big party and it was fantastic. And one of the cigars we had, um, uh, a Taranio cigar that was given as a as a as a giveaway. We had seven, eight manufacturers. Right. There and everyone gave sticks for included in the ticket price. It was like a, a mini bash. You walked yeah, around, they, they yeah. talked oh, about okay. the cigar, and they... Little passport. It's like a little multi-vendor event. Correct. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Correct. Okay. And uh, it was fantastic. And one of the cigars that was given out was the, the green Taranio Vault. Right. And uh, we didn't carry that cigar at the time. It was Jack? Yeah. Well, no, Jack um, wasn't there. It was... It was uh, uh, Zach. Zach. Zach Moore. Okay. Zach Moore. And so, as a byproduct of having that cigar out and people tasting it, they went nuts. Created so demand now, for it. Yeah. We now have, we have it. We carry, <laughs> right. you know, five of those Tarano bolts. Because that sounds like a Jack Tarano move, just for the record. You know, <laughs> sneaky bastard. Sneak something in. Yeah, no. I mean, I love Jack to death. He's like a, a, a father slash brother to me, you know, um, in many aspects. And he's he's very involved in the industry. But I still have Nea's. 
you know, and he did a good job of promoting him. <laughs> that fucking guy. So, but now that he's officially Tarano, you know, it's it's much easier. But I do want to send him his Naya's back. Um, you mentioned before that you you know you had a pretty big collection before you uh, got into the cigar industry. Mm-hmm. So did you collect specific things and kind of let them age? Did you look for stuff in particular that was hard to find that you kept or anything like that? No, not, not necessarily. Really. Okay. Uh, I think we, we... We just bought stuff we liked. Right. This is good. Let's get this. Right. And it just kind of built up to three humidors. Right. And, and you know, I got a lot of the stuff of learning by by allowing time to pass Right. Uh, plays a role here because we went to a My Father event in Tampa Humidor. And to support Joaquin, I bought a box of Jaime's, Jaime Garcia's. And I got them home. And I smoked one, and I went, oh, my God. He's like, why, why did I buy this? Why did I buy this? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's way too peppery. It's right, right. in your face. It's it a very bold cigar. Spice, and I just it, it just turned me off. And I went, you know, what the heck? I'll just throw it in the humidor in the tower, right. and I'll give it to people when they come over, because we always have right. things over. So, um, Wait, is that why I always get a Jaime Garcia? Not, yeah, that's, that's uh, right. Nothing like so burying somebody. Three, <laughs> you know? I'm not a cigar guy. Here you go, take this Jaime. <laughs> As they turn green. Why are you turning green? Never yeah. smoking again. <laughs> Three or four months later, Patty, we're out by the pool. Patty says, "Why don't you have one of those Jaime's?" I go, "Nah, I really want something that I, you know, I want to relax. I want something I'm comfortable with." She mm-hmm. goes, "Why don't you have one?" Man, wow, totally different. 120 totally days different. just yeah. changed that cigar completely. Like somebody re-rolled it. Right. And I love them now. So I, you know, when I have them, I make sure that I age them a little bit, and they're right to where I wanted to be. Right. Um, you know, the thing with aging, my experience, I'm not speaking, there's no technical data to back this up. Right. Um, I think that on the lighter side of cigars, if you age them too long, they become one-dimensional. They, right. They, they're flat. They're almost monotone. I think the ones with a little more character when you age them, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they that makes a difference, right? Um, I've heard different things that you can age cigars for as, as many as, you know, seven, eight years, right. ten years. But I, you know, I don't know what the rule of thumb is there. All I can speak to is, you know, what, what, what our experience was, which was, the lighter ones, a right. little bit, you can age them and they get really good, and and you know the more powerful ones, you can age them a little longer and they get really good. Right. Yeah. It's all going to depend. I mean, the the strength is going to weaken as as it progresses, but the flavor will pop out till, and then it'll cap out if you hold it for twelve or thirteen years. Um, that's kind of where everything starts to decline after that that point moving forward which is kind of funny to me when you know you see these pre-embargo Cubans that are 20, 30 years old circa 1960 that gotta taste like absolute dog shit but people will pay a super premium for them because you know that's the ego of this industry Um, so how far is Lakeland from here? about an hour and a half so you guys drove an hour and a half today just to come just in to and hang you. out and go on the podcast. Yeah. That is fucking awesome. <laughs> just to see him? And yeah. you. Oh, thank you very much. Well, you're the legendary Mike Palmer. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a Had small to legend. See the prize. Small right. legend. I mean, after I beat you up prior to as we were opening up, well, I'll That's have to, I'm not I'll have to build you back so up. I'm not talking oh, to you. Oh, you're shutting down? <laughs> I'm shutting down. You're you're let's just turn off your mic then. You're inconveniencing me. And quite honestly, <laughs> we had we'd heard so many great things about your shop, and oh, so thanks, we'd never been here. Wanted to come and see... You know what it was like and pick your brain and yeah uh, for sure i've always thought we should do that as an industry you know brick and mortar guys get together and uh, you know not share sensitive information but certainly you know there was a takeaway earlier when we were in the in the humidor so yeah just little things like that yeah that, i mean that, you that know help each other 
yeah, as you know, you guys are obviously intelligent retailers, right? And that does make sense to kind of hook up and 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 like a mastermind, if you will, is where everybody kind of gets together. This is what's working for us. This is what isn't. And you kind of build all businesses as a whole uh, instead of kind of isolating yourself, having your own ideas. That doesn't work long term. We actually know? had a conversation in Nicaragua with another um, couple of guys that work at a retail shop in. Where are they, Pensacola? Bush? No, not, not, um... Cordova? Cordova. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Spencer and James. And we actually had yep. a conversation that we maybe... There's no, there's no retailer kind of group. Right. To bounce ideas off each other and right. and stuff like that, and we we talked about maybe we should put something together, like even if mastermind. it's informally, yeah, and then see where it goes from there. And we we need to maybe revisit that. Oh, that's a great idea for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's some to some degree they have some of that with like uh, the TAA. Uh, all the big dogs will at least get together, and then they'll dictate as far as you know purchasing stuff in in bulk and hitting discount points and stuff like that. But yeah, for for middle range, for the rest re- of us. yeah, for the rest <laughs> of the retailers, you know. Um, yeah, I think that that's a fantastic idea, you know. Um, so how long did it take you to, to determine where you wanted to open your shop as far as the exact location? <laughs> you want to talk about that? Come on, Patty. <laughs> um, we, we probably drove around Lakeland and researched online for, what, a couple years? Um, at, at one time we were looking at downtown Lakeland because Lakeland, downtown Lakeland is really cool. A lot of old historic buildings, right. small businesses, little shops, antique stores, all kind you know, now there's a lot more restaurants down there. Probably and, great on um, the weekends and stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. There's, um, they always have a first Friday event down there. Um, in, there's a park called Munn Park and it's all around that park. So we looked at downtown Lakeland, but we also started, as we researched, we found out the city of Lakeland, dealing with the city was a little more difficult than, historic. Dealing, than, de- yeah. Yeah, than dealing with the county, the historic issues. So, Were they anti-smoking as well? Um, not necessarily, because yeah. um, there's a few bars down there and people smoke outside and all of that. But just getting permits and, and right. getting the business going was going to be a little tougher in the city of Lakeland and in downtown. Parking was also an issue. Right. Everything down there is parking garage or parallel parking on the street. Mm-hmm. And we wanted, from our experience going to, to uh, one of the other local shops that we used to go to, the parking was a, an issue. Mm-hmm. You had to walk like half a block because it was kind of in a mall. So we looked at some of the strip centers um, and outside of the city limits and found one that basically the the price was was good and right. had great parking and the guy was willing to work with us on the build out and everything so that's cool that's kind of how it how it came to be plus uh, we wanted to be on the south side right um, there's like Mario mentioned a couple of golf communities and other you know kind of good zip codes to be in right. or to be around you pull out the demographics of the area correct yeah right so that's kind of where we where we ended up so how long did it take you to find that location because it was like a four-year process all the way through about how much of that was determined a couple years a couple years yeah easily a couple that's not easy you know i mean even if you see some vacant buildings sometimes you don't know if if they're available or if you don't have a good uh commercial realtor to, to open up the doors for you you know you can get stuck just trying to find a spot right you know and sometimes you get to a point where you're so desperate that you just open up a spot that may be a complete mistake, you know. But it seems like you guys did everything right. 
So far. So far, we hope so. <laughs> right. The proof will be in the pudding, right? We'll, we'll see. Well, as you're time still goes on. Yeah, but you're still here. You yeah. Know, yeah. You're not. You don't look like uh, you're super stressed out about the shop. You know, which is obviously there's going to be some stress levels there, regardless, because you know you're now you're a business owner, which sounded probably a lot more fun at the beginning <laughs> until you kind of got into it, right? But it is. I mean, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't work. I would never work for anybody else ever in my life moving forward it's I just, feel the same way you know yeah. it's just impossible I've been full time now at the shop since February right so um, so you guys are there pretty much seven days a week we yeah. are there seven days a week yes. which is pretty much what it takes in order to get mm-hmm. a retail shop going yep and there's somebody watching the shop right now right yes, yes. we've developed a, a great friendships that we had from when we used to go to the tinderbox right and we met people there and friends that we had through we used to belong to the lakeland corvette club i don't have any more corvettes because i'm now a business owner <laughs> <laughs> so, right uh and so through through those relationships we do have a couple of guys that help us out uh, on mondays and fridays and whenever we have something like this where we got to be away from the shop they're they're always ready and willing and that's awesome. They cover for us, so that's great. That's awesome. That's what we kind of did with Mike. We just, you know, g- we guilted him into it. Now he's got a key and alarm code and, and shit. You bring it up all the time. I do. Well, I'm proud of you. And, you know, it's nice. It's nice to it's nice to have a good friend that's, that's got your back, except when you need to go to Claremont. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you were telling me before that you did kind of like a an aggressive crash course on the podcast, right? That you've uh, listened to a few episodes so far. Kind of curious as to what was your favorite one. I like oh. Jack's. Yeah. I thought Jack Taranio's interview was, was really cool. Um, I think that's been my favorite so far. Yeah. I didn't hear Jack's. I, of the ones I've heard, Jeff Groover's a trip. I, he's Yeah. Groover's just, he's such a nice guy. He's, he's funny. Well, I, enjoy, I enjoyed his. So what's really cool about that in, interview was that, like, we didn't really get him to open up. But in one of the upcoming ones, it'll actually be before this one airs, um... We, he, we, he sat in. Yeah, he sat in for uh, Jared Trudeau's from Christoph's, and we got we got him to finally talk a little bit more because he's done some crazy stuff too, which is uh, which he didn't want to to, to come discuss. out on the podcast. <laughs> yes. But he would have met her off before, and we were less popular. Yeah, but now he's fun. Now he's fun. <laughs> um, okay. So, what is your what cigar do you think does really well as far as like a mainstream? core line cigar that you think that you move the best in this shop because every shop is different right um you know here i would say that as far as core line like mainstream and like the fuente grand reserve is an easy move right or the monte cristo white label toro you have your guys that are going to come in they're always going to buy those they never want anything else i mean we're a little bit different because we're more boutique aimed at and obviously we do really well with our own stuff as well as the roma craft stuff um, but what is it for you guys that's mainstream that you'd say kind of is head and shoulders above the rest? It kind of fluctuates sometimes through the humidor. Right. Yeah, of course. It, it's, it, you know, one month we could be blowing through Olivas or another month we'll be going through Perdomos. And, but I think, I don't know, what would you say, Ashton? Yeah. Perdomo? I mean, it's, it's, you're right. It obviously changes, but, yeah. you know, currently... Ashton Fuente and Newman yeah. are, are strong brands. Right. Well, it's and the Newmans because Patty's smoking them all. Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> and the fact of the matter is that when a consumer comes in, if they see what you're smoking, they're going to smoke it too. Yeah. You know? Um, the Nat Shermans are doing very well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nat Sherman's well, that's kind of where well. you you uh, decided to become yep. a cigar store owner was at the Nat Sherman store. So I'm sure that that has some of that backplay as well, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I think simultaneously, you know, Nat Sherman as an organization has done a lot of things to reestablish the brand. Not, not that they were ever not a player. Right. But that they're really trying to make an effort of becoming more visible than mm -hmm. they've been in the past. And we've had a couple of events with Sherman that have gone over phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, we have an upcoming uh, poker run that's going to be done, and they're they're the host brand. So right. that um, do, doing those types of things really help the brand get traction. Of course. So and I that's have, that's why we're including that. That's David Mealy or David Mealy. He's a phenomenal guy. To, uh, you know, you have. We were talking about this earlier. You you develop partners mm -hmm. in the business, right? And uh, through in, in the manufacturing side, and we've had some guys that have given us tremendous counsel that have helped us be successful. Right. Um, you know, a lot of it has to do with, you know, we also have a personal relationship with them, so we, we'll go to dinner with them or we'll spend some social time as well. Right. And, and I think that's really important, too, if you have the ability to do that and develop those relationships where they, they get to know you and you guys are comfortable. You right. Know, it, it, it helps the success of that. Of, of, of course. Shop. Yeah, especially if they're honest. And, yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. As far as culti cultivating that interdependency makes a, makes a big difference. Yeah, it's a partnership, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I really appreciate their <laughs> candor because like Patty was saying with Mike McGinney. They might listen, you know, what do you think we should do here? Now, I like to get everybody's opinion. Right. Right. And then formulate our own, bouncing all the facts that we have mm -hmm. based on the information that we receive. And uh, Mike's always a, a, a very straight up, candid, level, fact-based right. kind of guy. And, um, you know, a lot of what he's recommended has been successful for us. Yeah. So I mean, he's been in the industry a long time. Yeah. I think On retail like side and wholesale. 15 to 18 years he's yeah. been in the business. At least. So that was a, a great interview as well. Yeah. He was really excited to do it, too. He was. We were happy he was. to have him on. Yeah. And now he's he listens to it all the time, and he makes other people listen to it. Right. So we really <laughs> like Mike. Yeah. And he, and he gives me feedback, too, which is nice. Oh, very nice. Yeah. All right. So um, what do you want to go from here? What about boutiques? You, you don't carry a lot of boutiques, right? Not a lot. Not a lot. We have a few. We have uh, Esteban Carreras. Right. We have La Polina. We have Cordova Morales. Cordova Morales. Cordova Morales has a tremendous they, following. Yeah, they do. We do really well I with mean, them. We're we're doing weekly orders with them. Right. They they do really well. Also, very very instrumental. Uh, Emmy and Z both were in while we polished this idea and it came to fruition. They were uh, very much a part of our success. Right. Uh, just in the council and the guidance and what to do, what you can't do. Introducing uh, us to people. Introducing us giving to us Joaquin contacts. and um, some of the other folks that have helped us. That's that's been that's been tremendous. Joaquin has as many accessories on him as <laughs> as much as any person can possibly have. Yeah. You know, I call yes. him multiple accessory man. <laughs> yes. I haven't Absolutely. seen him in a little bit, but I'm sure that he hasn't changed whatsoever. And he's always got different boots too. He has quite the boot collection. So, you know, something else that's I think helping us succeed is um, we didn't want to just be another cigar retailer. You know, right. We're in this for the long haul, and having been in the grocery industry, uh, when I worked in stores, uh, we had this idea that we always wanted to have some sort of 
something new for the customer to see right right every time they came in so we've been working on several fronts to do that both from warming the store up from an accessory standpoint as far as decorations you know uh, frames and and pallet wood walls and just making it a little cozier uh, as well as event wise right so you know doing smokers doing um, you know the brick house chair event and doing things like this people our store does really well with that type of activity um, how often do you do events for every four to six weeks we have something okay how often is your ladies you guys do a ladies only event yes we do yeah. so that's cool that's once a month once we'd, a month we'd have like two women <laughs> in this shop right well they're they're a little more woman friendly at right. that shop. It's not this a, is a very it, male looking shop when you come in. Right. We have your old sixty yeah, the, the the year old guys, yeah. Grumpy bastards right. that we have, some other, we have some of those too. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the one walked in yesterday and all the old men at the table turned around and gave her a look so like, she hurried, yeah she hurried right back here. <laughs> <"Wah-man>, <laughs> to, <"Wah-man."> yeah. <laughs> to build upon what Mike was saying, we we Patty um, developed um, a group called Lashes and Ashes. Okay. And they meet the third Thursday of every month in our shop in the conference room behind closed doors. The Cordova Morales conference room. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> it is the Cordova Morales conference room. We dedicated the conference room to them for all the help they gave us during That's our, awesome. our time. Uh, Z also has a, a, a rolling desk. A uh, rolling table? A rolling table at our, at our shop that really? we use for events. Yeah, and it's at our shop all the time. He had it custom made for our shop. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, it's really cool. Really cool that he would do that. So we do that. We do. We have poker um, the first Thursday of every month. So in between events, we have other things going on. Tonight we have uh, a watch party for the hockey game. So we're always trying to create some excitement around the shop. Right. What's next? What's hot? What What can we do to continue to engage our customers? We right. used. Uh, uh, we were advertising with N2 Publishing for a while, and they published a magazine at each of these golf courses that we were talking about: Grasslands and um, Eagle Brook. And we just switched over to a uh, a format called SendText. And it's a what, text messaging it's service. It's a text messaging service. And uh, so you, we can run different promos there. So now you have Facebook, Instagram, you have SendText, you have email, you have as many ways as you can try to reach the customer. Right. Uh, our, our facility is 2,400 square feet. So we have. That's a good size. Uh, we can sit comfortably 50 people. Right. And we have a 20 by 25 foot conference room that. Uh, we have businessmen that come in during the day and they sit in, in the conference room. It's a conference room table with eight office chairs and they sit and work there. Uh, there's also a couple of club chairs in three corners and so they can, you know, dim the lights and read or do whatever they need to do. So try to, you know, make it as comfortable as possible. The layout, um, as we were building it, the big, the biggest three things for me were um, cigar selection, mm-hmm. um, comfortable seating. So, you know, you could have sometimes chairs that where your arms are rolling off the right. the armrest, right? Because they're rounded, or so we went with wider armrests, so it's comfortable. You can set your arms down, and then um, smoke uh, air quality. Of course, so those, th- those three things is what we build the concept around, and um, so we use coffee tables and end tables to make it feel like your home. We have TVs down on media centers instead of up on the wall, so it doesn't feel like a sports bar. And just oh, that's right, but the. the that is a nice touch. I've, I've never noticed for that reason, but you're right. They're uh, they're at eye level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not sitting with your. I just showed her by my head. As many things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like that. Yeah, yeah like, like just this. like this. Yeah, you're not you're not looking up at the ceiling. Like your home. Right. And um, that concept has worked really well for us. It may not work everywhere, but right. It's been very very successful, and I think that's part of what's helping us succeed is that people really feel comfortable there. 
Awesome. It feels like home. Do you have like a, a website online too, or no? We do. We do. Okay, and you sell obviously the products online, or no? We don't. We don't do any online sales. Okay. So not it's just yet. It's it's not, yet. Yet, not it, yet. It's something we've talked about uh, for the future. That's I, I don't think we know enough yet to yeah to do it right. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, the hard part of that is that you have to not fo- solely focus on mainstream products because a lot of those things are online already and some of them are deep discounted to a point where it doesn't even make sense to compete right that was one thing that one of our growing pains that we did when we built our website was like why are we even bothering with this nobody cares because they can get it for less get it somewhere else yeah. right yeah with somebody who's more established so when that when you do come across that point that may be where you start to kind of transition a little bit more into some boutique brands stuffer stuffer stuff that's hard to get you know to come across that you know you might have more access to or if you have like uh consumers that come in because obviously we're in florida right like snowbirds come down and then they fly back the off season you can ship to them direct and stuff like that those things will make a big difference you know so they know the questions mike I know, you know. We should we should have another set. <laughs> oh, we're gonna have to rotate a set because it doesn't matter if if we did a whole new set, they would have heard it. Otherwise, like we had two sets of questions, right? They would eventually heard that. Yeah, they'll, they'll eventually get to us. But do you oh, wait now? Before we were talking about that, you do have a gripe in the industry. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I can, I've been more than happy. I'm, I'm very vocal, I'll, so I don't. I love to. Everybody that I associate with in the industry knows my gripes. So. Right. Uh, again, having come from the grocery business, you know. Right. Uh, and this is definitely like a slapdick industry where, you know, nobody has their shit together. So, right. so you know, when you work for Publix uh, or you work with Publix, you, there's no such thing as out of stock. Right. You want to chop my ass? Tell me, I, um, you, you don't, you're not going to have product for a while. Right. Because if that's the case, you don't find out, in my opinion, okay, if you're engaged in your business. You don't find out all of a sudden that you're going to be out of product. Right. I mean, there's operational meetings. There's uh, raw material meetings. Right. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on. No, absolutely. If you know there's a, an issue coming up, I want to know about it ahead of time, and I want to be able to get product ahead that's, of time. That's a fair statement. So, you know, after IBCPR last year, I had a couple of guys come up to me and say, hey, Q4 is coming up. You're a new shop, and this is where you know who your partners are. Right. Uh, these things tend to run a little tight. We close on such a date, right? And we're probably going to be out till February. So right. If you think you're going to do well with that, this, sounds you probably like, want to get it. That sounds exactly like Mike McKinney. Just so for the record, that's that's <laughs> that's where that's where I think the partnerships are built. Sh- oh, for so sure. You can't go to Publix and say, "Hey, uh, I'm Kraft, and um, sorry, but I won't be able to send you any mac and cheese." Yeah, I'm out of mac running cheese what? this week. That 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 only flies one time, right? Because the second time, there's 15 companies selling mac and cheese that are ready to eat your lunch, right? Okay. So this, this concept of out of stocks, and I'm not talking about out of stocks for a week, I'm talking about out of stocks on a, on a continual basis. Right. You know, there's a couple of, of cigars that we do very, very well with that now the manufacturer is costing me revenue because that product is not available. Right. Right. And in some cases, you have product on allocation that you can't get <laughs> until you get your next order, but you can't get your next order because they're out of stock. Right. So, you know, that's, and, and I'm a little, drastic when it comes to think Patty's always tries to talk me off the ledge right. I'm like yank it pull, pull the whole line off the shelf I don't, right. I, don't, I don't give a shit right right that's every cigar that's what we're in similar. my shop <laughs> by the way every cigar in my shop pays rent 
Right. If you don't pay your rent, you get evicted. Right. And if you don't show up, you're gone. No, for sure. So th that's my rub. Yeah, big time. Big so, time. So, like, you know, uh, one of the companies that we do really well with, obviously, and that we're closely affiliated with is Roma, Roma Craft. And um, they do a, an excellent job of letting you know that, hey, the product is we have a smaller quantity or if there's going to be a raw material issue uh like there was a, a lull in san andreas so the neanderthal was down for a few months but they let you know right and you're absolutely right they it is possible to convey that information to the retailer look we got this coming in you might want to stock up on it because we're going to hit a dry spell here in the upcoming months whether it be for raw material or whatever the case may be you know so yeah you're you're totally 100% and if it's correct. one blend, or if it's like you said, the the San Andreas wrapper, right? That affects one of theirs. I get it, right? But when it's across the board, right? That's a problem. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I just have zero tolerance for that. Right. Yeah. No. And then zero what? Tolerance. And then what happens is at the end of the day they lose shelf space, and then eventually they try and gain your trust back, but it's already done. The chip is already sailed. Well, not only my trust, the customer's trust. Because right. Now I've taken that customer and turned. No, yeah, they've switched stick, to something else. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So now they're buying that. Right. That's true. That's a great way to lose momentum in any brand. Right. And that happens a lot in this industry. Yeah. I don't know how that's, I mean, maybe because, maybe we're naive. Maybe, you know, as new retailers, the supply chain works a little differently than than, than I'm used to in the grocery Well, business, I, mean, right? it, it, I mean, raw material is raw material, and I get it, but, um, you know, there has to be some checks and balances. There has to be some forecasting. There has to be... Right. It, it, you know where I come from. It's it's a very monitored process. You right. Know, just uh, yeah. Should we plant these this year? Or, <laughs> right. You know. I right. mean, that's not how that. Well, works. and no. why? Why you know, there are some manufacturers that never or rarely have any back orders. And right. if it's back ordered, it's back ordered for maybe a week or two. Right. And that's it. They forecast. They know what you know what they need. You know. And I can think of a handful right now that we've, you know. Right. Yeah. Okay. I've had one particular blend back ordered for a week. Right. But that's it. Yeah, exactly. So obviously some some manufacturers are pretty good at forecasting and, right. and, and predicting what they're going to need and harvest or whatever, whatever their process is. Right. It's obviously not the same as pasta, right? You know, I mean, it just runs through a machine, whatever. Right. Is it more of a size issue with the company? Are smaller I, companies out of stuff more often than bigger companies? I think that that's, uh, it depends upon if you own your own farms and stuff like that. Right, yeah, right. cash flow and yeah. somebody else buying the tobacco right. for you get to it. Could be a problem too, yeah. But, but like Mario said, though, they should know in advance, you know, like, yeah. oh, I've only got 12 boxes of blah, blah, blah sitting right. over there in the corner. But the Roma guys aren't a, a huge company, right? They're no, producing no, a million but there are smaller ones, though. But, right, but there are companies that are smaller than them, but they still know I mean if you can well inventory can levels, inventory levels no matter what so right. I mean so to some you know. degree you know yeah they're gonna know what they have on hand plus right. what's coming down the pipeline right they know what's being manufactured what's being getting what's ready to ship over yeah absolutely so. or they could at least tell you hey you know <laughs> this product is out and even if it isn't an agricultural reason or whatever the case may be they'll say hey it's slated to be produced in six weeks It'll be ready 12 weeks after that. So this you're looking at that product in five or six months instead of kind of giving you an answer like, well, I don't know, you know. Right. We've had issues in the where we've ordered products and if a rep or a broker is like, yeah, no problem, we got you covered. And then, you know, you follow back and you say, hey, what's going on with this? And they go, oh, it's coming, it's coming. And then you follow back again and they say, oh, well, you're not entitled to that. 
well, right. what the fuck just happened? I've been telling my customers for the past it's three coming. months that it's coming, and now i got to go back and explain to them that, oh, well, I guess I'm no longer allowed to get that, which is total bullshit, you know? I agree. And where where it goes into feeding the bigger retailers or anything like right. that or something of that sort. It's like, okay, well, if that's how you're going to treat me, then you're absolutely right. Guess what? Buy one, get one, all your products, and have a nice fucking day. Exactly. You're, you're out of here. You and know? that's where we're at with one. You know, we're, we're, we're about ready to, to just, that's it. Yeah, you know. It's, it's, it's coming next week. It's coming next week. No, right. Just don't bullshit me anymore, man. Right. You know? That doesn't work. That's not how I pay the right. rent. Right. Be honest with me so I can act accordingly. And and that'll protect their shelf space long term. Not only that, I mean, you're, you're able to communicate to the... You know, let me tell you, the customer is very forgiving. Right. If you're able to tell a customer, hey, I'm going to be out of this brand for XYZ reasons for the next six weeks, eight weeks. Mm-hmm. So we're going to reallocate the shelf space. But, you know, as soon as it's ready, we are going to bring it back. The customer... They'll, they'll understand that. Right. You know? But otherwise, we look like idiots. Yeah, yeah, right. it's coming. It's right. coming. It's coming. Well, that w- that's what you told us three months ago. Right. That's what you said. Well, right. Yeah, well, that's what I What's was told. That's what I was told. Right. And, yeah. We got on the uh, in the conversation the other night at the shop, and the guy was talking to me about this particular brand. I said, go to Famous. Right. Online. Out of stock. Go to Sm- uh, Thompson. Out of stock. Go to JR. Out of stock. Go to CI. Out of stock. It's not me, brother. You can't get it anywhere. Right. Can't do it like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. There needs to, you know, with some of these uh, manufacturers and uh, brand owners, there should definitely be a little more transparency. Yeah, and collaboration so that we can manage the customer's expectations of the brand as well as manage our customer's expectations while at the shop. Right. But we can all help each other. But yeah. you got to be transparent. Yep. That makes a, a, a huge difference. That's absolutely 100% accurate, man. It's kind of cool to hear you guys as retailers that are fairly new in the industry and you're not like, oh, well, you know, I mean, you get your shit together, which is awesome. Thanks. Thanks. You know, I know that may not sound like a big deal, but I would say 80% of the retailers that are probably our size really don't give a shit. They're, you know, retired, like I was saying before, and they just wanted kind of a place to hang out. A hobby. It's a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't a hobby for us. Right. Right. Living right. off their pension or their retirement, and they want a place to hang no, out. This is our retirement. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> You've already spent that. Literally. Right. Literally, this is our retirement. This is our retirement. Right. Patty, and, and, and Patty knows that, uh, how passionate I am about and she's passionate as well. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I'm over the top with, you know, this is going to work. This is going to, we're right. going to succeed. I want to be the Amazon of cigars in Lakeland, Florida. Right. Uh, when people think about, you know, hey, I want to do this or I want to do that, and it's cigar related. Hey, you got to go see Mario and Patty. You got to go to Cigar Life. At least go by and talk to them. Uh, we have great reviews. You know, we treat everybody like family. Right. Like family. The minute you come in, it's it's we greet everybody. We want to make sure that we give them time in the humidor on their own. Some people just like to hunt. That's the nature of our business. Right. right. But then What's also new? make sure that we're available. Right. You know? uh, a lot of kids. I'm getting a lot of college kids coming in. For sure. Uh, that have never smoked a cigar, and they want to learn the art of smoking a cigar. So I've got, Pat, Patty will tell you, I've got, um, I don't know, 10 or 15 guys that come in and take pictures of what I would recommended last time. Right. And they tell me what they like. They show me the band. And this is what I like. This is what I didn't like. Can you take me to the next cigar? And I'm teaching them mm-hmm. the art of smoking and de- helping them develop their palates. Right. Right. Not with any technical information on right. leaf or anything. It's just all about flavor. Right. And, uh, you know, they'll learn all the technical stuff once they mature into the art. But uh, 
this is good, this is bad. This fits your palate, this doesn't. Exactly, exactly. Because for them, you know, we do have some guys that come in and they'll, they'll drop 60 bucks on four sticks with no right. problem. But then you have the other guys that are really trying to learn and, you know, they want to buy an $8 stick or a $10 stick might be a stretch. Right. And why should I buy that stick? Right. So it's it's pretty cool. We're doing a lot of stuff externally as well. We uh, hooked up with um, Ron Myers, who is the director of, re of uh, operations uh, for the Detroit Tigers. Uh, That's that, cool. Uh, public oh, field. Wow. And so we're doing a couple of events out at Publix Field remotely. That's, that's that old connect that you, yeah. you tapped. That's, that's, yeah. Very nice. Um, we've got a, a deal signed with Lakeland Harley-Davidson where we're there the first Saturday of every month from noon to three on site. That's uh, cool. Yeah, that's very cool because uh, cigars and bikes, I mean, well, right. that goes together. We've done uh, four events at Grasslands. Uh, we've already discussed with Lone Palm and Eagle Brook events starting in the fall. Those have been very successful. They do them in the format of, of a dinner, cigar before, cigar after, uh, and rotated uh, three manufacturers out at Grasslands with a lot of success. So, you know, generating other streams of revenue right. outside of uh, just a shop. Uh, so I, I want to be in the community. Right. Uh, I shared with you earlier that I'm a Kiwanian, so right. the Kiwanis of Lakeland will be doing their rum fest in November. Uh, we've got a lot of things going on, a lot of momentum, trying to really establish our brand the Cigar Life brand in, in Lakeland. That's awesome. So, uh, I think that's important too. Yeah, absolutely. For, uh, Being part of the community is, is a big deal. And know? Lakeland is a small, it's it's a little big town, I guess. Right. Um, Still has a small town feel. It has that yeah. small town feel and, and small businesses stick together and everybody kind of knows each other and we belong to a couple organizations. Right. Uh, where we network and. That's awesome. So being involved in the community, I think, it, for a place like Lakeland, it's really important. And it's got to make you feel good, right? Absolutely. You know, to kind of give back and, 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 you know, look, on a Saturday, you could just open up your shop and, and check out, right? Hey, here's a product, whatever. But you guys are actually doing stuff where you're outside of your own establishment and kind of promoting your business and also giving people opportunities and educating them on, on cigars, which is awesome, for sure. Yeah, it's, a, it's a lot of fun to be involved in the community because we're starting to see some of that come back to the shop, right? The whole idea is you do that to get involved and build your brand and then hopefully some of that residual comes back and they become customers and they're, they're picking up, you know, cigars at your shop. Right. And that's what's happening. So it's it's very exciting. I can't even, I can't even describe, you know, how much fun it is right now. Right. Uh, Hopefully, I won't feel like you're feeling. I love this industry, you know, without question. And I couldn't see myself in any other industry. Um, no, but it's still work. Yeah, I mean, there it, are times it, it's where it's like, you know, people call out or something's going on, and you know, you got to be in three places at the same time. It's like, Jesus, what am I, what am I doing? But no, you're absolutely right. I mean, this industry is awesome, and as long as you get to continue to meet good people, and and you know it have that interdependency and kind of give it, it there isn't anything like it bar none as long as the fda doesn't destroy it so uh, yeah it's a whole another story right so now mike was telling me that there's kind of a sensitive subject regarding your shirts oh. so you have a you have a charter member slogan on your, sh your shirts are awesome it says cigar life on on your left chest and then it says your name on the right now you're a charter member. charter member of cigar life but, but neither one of you but have owner Patty, or, Patty's or not anything a member. like that so what's up with that so I, i'm just going to tell the first part of the story okay and i'm going to let her take it from there all right so we like every good shop right we wanted to have lockers so the lockers we, we bought a 30 locker cabinet 
and it's a self-humidification. It's got a self-humidification system, so it's 29 lockers available. And we wanted to do something really special. It wasn't a moneymaker. It was about trying to build a brand, right? Mm -hmm. So we had these really nice Tommy Bahama shirts made with our, our stitching, and we gave them to the first 29 members. So if they bought a locker agreement for a year, they got this. After the first 29, that's it. There are no more shirts. If it's the first 29, and that's it. They're right. Done. One and, and done type of a deal. One and right. done type of deal. And that's where I'm going to leave it. I'll let Patty take it from there. So <laughs> I'm in charge of pretty much inventory, ordering stuff, sourcing the shirts and all of this. So I right. have the relationship with the guys who do the shirts. And with some of my charter member shirt orders, I said, let me get one made for Mario. Right. Well, I forgot to tell the guy that Mario's does not have the charter member <laughs> under it. His just had to have his name. Right. So when I picked it up, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> but at that point, it was too late. It's They're too embroidered. Late. Yeah, that ship has sailed. Making him the added to it. The charter member. The charter yeah. member. I thought about taking a Sharpie and just, you know, just blocking just it out. Just blacking it out. It bla yeah. yeah, black it out and put a piece of tape over it or something. But, but anyway, that was, my that was my mistake. Everybody says so you're a charter member. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Did you I pay am. full you, price you for your lot? Well, hey, at, at the end of the day, you paid for all of it first and foremost, right? True. So I am the charter the member. Charter right? The charter exactly. member. That's what we should do. Have me stitch the charter member right on top. There you go. There you go. That'll yeah. be the Mario charter member. So yeah, you got to get like owner ones or whatever. What's cool for me is like the shop. No, some people don't even know that my brother and I own the shop. I mean, Greg usually dresses a little more bougie than me, so he kind of stands out, but I'll usually wear like a regular T-shirt or whatever. And, um, well, Greg I, wears all the child-sized T-shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he <laughs> likes <laughs> mediums. The mediums, yeah. right, mediums. The mediums. Yeah, so, I mean, I really like it when, you know, unless you know me, you just totally walk right past me, which is fantastic. Well, at the show a couple of years ago, people were walking up to me because right. I was the older of the three guys, yeah. <laughs> and they thought I was the owner of the company. Right. Or if like we're sitting down, like he obviously hangs out at the bar, and then I'm sitting at the table. Whenever somebody walks in, I always say, "Hey, you know, hi, how are you?" or whatever the case may be. They always look at him and they're like, "Hey, hey, how are you?" You know, and I'm like, "Okay, I don't exist. That's fine. <laughs> That's okay. I'm all right with that." So, you ready for the questions? Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll do the questions. Uh, how do you want to do the twofer again? Just one back and forth or one for each? I think you can just go, you know, you can ask Mario and then Patty. All right, same question, though. Yeah. Like we did before. Yeah. Okay, all right. First question, Mario. What one person, living or dead, do you want to share a cigar with? So, I actually had to think about this because there's a lot of people I would love to sit down and have a cigar with. Uh, I think it would be really cool to sit down with Robert De Niro. Excellent, wow. excellent choice. Excellent I think choice. he would just spend a couple hours with him. You know, no cameras, no no script, no lights, no nothing. Just a candid conversation about him and his life. And so, so, yeah, what made you really kind of pick him above the rest? I, I love his character. I love what he does in film. And right. And I just think that he would be somebody really cool to to speak to. Right. You know. Kinda he's surprisingly quiet and soft-spoken in real life. I've seen a lot of interviews with him, and he's he's not as doesn't come off as loud as he does in the movies. I think. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And I think I, I kind of like that. I'm attracted to that. Right. Uh, you know, because there's always somebody wiser than you in the room for sure. Mm -hmm. We have that in the shop. We have a couple of older guys, and they come in and they start talking, and I just want to sit and listen. Right. Some of these guys are old Florida crackers that have been. Right. And I don't, I, I mean that with love. I don't mean that in right. disrespect. But they've been in the cattle business. They've been in Lakeland for over 50 years, and they've seen the evolution of 
of the city of the town right and uh, man some of the stuff they talk about you're going you're kidding man Does that used to be like that right. yeah man that was a dirt road yeah, yeah. <laughs> well and even even just you know politically economically where the money came from who's right. tied to who you know who supports who i mean there's a lot of neat stuff about our little i call it our little podunk town right podunk town so Lake robert Lake. de niro would be it for me awesome patty patty i think for again i've i've given it some thought and i keep coming back to the same person joe mantegna okay david rossi from criminal minds i think he's just like such a cool classy dude yeah very nice so uh, well same so same scenario what what made you uh pick him above everybody else i'm a huge fan of criminal minds as disturbing as that show can be yeah um and careful I've all, mario it, careful <laughs> she's learning how to kill people I know, right? I watch a lot of those shows. Oh, stop. (laughs) He keeps telling people. I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning and there was a blade to it. (laughs) That's a whole other story. Till death do you part. (laughs) Um, I've seen interviews with him and and read interviews with him. Um, He was in Cigar Aficionado. And I think his his real-life personality is similar to his character on... on, and, And he... On the show, he refers to a good cigar and a good glass of wine, and he's he's a foodie and he likes to cook for people, and and I think he's kind of like that in real life. Right. So. So it'd be good all the way around. As I far think as booze, so. Food, booze, cigars, yep. complete evening. Like, yeah, a complete be, evening. Be a great day. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'd leave Mario. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be killed, and then it'd be done. And he likes Fuente cigars. So. As long as she leaves me the shop, we're good. <laughs> All right, Patty. All right, best true. piece of advice anybody ever gave you? Best piece of advice. Um, this was in my when I started my last job outside of our business. Um, the present, the then president of the company that I worked for, when I first started, said, "Make friends with everybody in other departments. Right. It'll get you a long way. Of course. Build those relationships. Make friends. And in the 16 years I was with that company." It really paid, paid off in right. spades. I mean, people were like, "Oh, so and so did that for you." I'm like, "Yeah, I just. Asked, well, how did you get them to do that?" Well, right. I just asked her, and mm-hmm. I think it was because I had built those friendships, those relationships, right. those good working relationships. And I think that translates to really any business or any job, um, building those relationships, which we talked about earlier with right. the manufacturers, with building a partnership yeah, absolutely. with our reps, and um, I think. And, and with our customers too, yeah. building that relationship where they come in and they feel like you care about them. Right. Nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. So. That that is a great great. Yeah, I like that. Right that there, nice. bust it out at the very end. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mario, topper. You gotta see if you can top her. What's the best piece of advice somebody everybody somebody ever gave you? So I've I've had two pieces of advice. One business related. One one personal. And I think. And I'm kind of glad that I listened to the podcast because if you get caught off guard with these questions, you, you, you leave here and then you go, wow, that really, I mean, there was these other things that really meant so much more. Right. You know? So I've always been a, a big listener of motivational speakers, entrepreneurs, right. and things like that. And way, way back, I'm talking 15, 20 years ago, I used to listen to a lot of Zig Ziglar. I was going to say Zig Ziglar. And, and Zig Ziglar, I mean, he's right, the master motivator, right? right? Zig Ziglar once said that uh, 
if you help enough other people get what they want, in return you'll have what you want. Right. And so I think that is really powerful because I see it now in the shop sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, people coming in for donations and support this and can you support that? Can you give me a basket? Can you do stuff? And you know, sometimes it hurts. Right. You know, all that is off the bottom line. And but it's part of the price of, of, of being involved in the community. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that, that you understand that, right? I'm not saying give the house away, but right. it's understand that. And on a personal note, I think the, the best piece of advice I got, and they don't know they gave me this advice. I heard them say it once, and it was so profound to me at the time. It's better to be kind than right. Right. And I mean, how many times don't we, we're so hell-bent on communicating our point of view right even though it's correct you maybe fa have a fact-based argument for whatever the discussion right. is yeah and sometimes it's just better to better to give in it's just it's okay right yeah just try it's, and understand it's, the it's, other it's person's okay perspective it, it's so who said that to you uh cindy griffin cindy griffin from demo sales i used to work with her a lot she's a very christian woman right and uh yeah she I heard her say that once, and it's better to be kind than it is to be right. And it just stuck with you. That was just so powerful. Right. Yeah. It's crazy, you know, sometimes you, you, you hear something, and, and it really kind of changes your whole course of action moving forward in life, you it, know? It happens a lot at home with Patty's mom. You know, Patty's mom is, you know, she's a one-upper. She's, she, if you did yeah. it, she did it better than you. If right. it happened to you, it happened worse to her. Uh, we could be talking about a bottle of water, and somehow that bottle of water comes back to a conversation about her. Right. Um, she's she's constantly, and Patty will will just go to the mat with her on right. you know, being right. And sometimes you just you gotta let it go, man. Yeah. You gotta let it go. Yeah. With you know the conversations being had, and then they just can't wait till you finish so that they could say their yeah, they're story. They're pouncing on yep. you. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All it's, right, Mario. Favorite cigar. What is your favorite cigar? That is a moving target. And it sure is. And, and it's not a... It, it is because, so for example, prior to IPCPR last year, I hadn't had the Cohiba Blue Label because it wasn't even out. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't had a Black Diamond because it wasn't even out. And so prior to that, I, I was a big My Father and Cordova Morales smoker. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think since I've had those two cigars, those those two in particular are my go-tos now. So that could change after this IPCPR. Of course. Whenever there's new releases. Right, yeah, there's always something new coming It could change next week. Right. You know? Uh, there's always something else out there. There's always somebody, you know, with a new recipe, if you will. Right. And so I think that's that's always a moving target. But right now it would have to be the Cohiba Blue Label and uh, the Black Diamond. Awesome. And Patty? And Patty? Your favorite that cigar? That is tough. I have a lot of favorites, but... Definitely, since the Black Diamond came out, that's one of my tops. Right. Um, that that cigar is absolutely exquisite. Um, I am a big Cordova Morales fan. The Double Figurado, Platino Double Figurado, is is one of my tops. Right. Um, the Aroma de Cuba Reserva is the also. The what? Aroma de Cuba. Ar okay, I'll say it in gringo. Aroma de Cuba. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Reserva. Thank you for translating for me. I appreciate that. Is that no, better? I understand. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Um, but yeah, it is a moving target. And, and it also depends on and anything by Diamond Crown. Right. But You're again, a big fan. I'm a big fan, yeah. And it just depends on 
what I'm, the time of day, what I'm drinking, what I've eaten, my mood. Right. Because I'll, I'll smoke anything from mild to full body. For sure. That's cool. But, you know, it sounds like the Black Diamond is, is your winner. Right when now, that's, yeah, that cigar <clears throat> is pretty amazing. Right. When I first had that cigar, I didn't know whether to smoke it, eat it, or fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> it, was just, it was just that good. Right. And for me, it was just amazing, amazing cigar. Awesome. I'm sure the Newmans would love to hear that. Well, they will. They will. <laughs> yeah. They're 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 fans. They're fans of the show. Okay. Uh, what fictional character would you like to share a cigar with? We'll go with Mario first this time. J. Jonah Jameson. Who's Sp- that? Spider-Man's boss. Spider-Man's boss. The guy ah, that owns the uh, newspaper. Okay. Cool. A particular one. There's, there's been several actors that have portrayed him. Was well, it movie or comic book or doesn't matter. Comic book. Comic, comic book. book. Very nice. And so why did you pick him? He's always got a cigar in his mouth. That's true. I, you gotta love other cigar smokers. I mean, cigars are the ultimate equalizer. Right. You, you know, in our shop, you, you could have the Chief Justice of Tampa sitting next to a roofer, and they're having conversation. Right. And so for me, yeah, he's. I would love to. He's, he's just so guy. big and loud and over the top. Yeah, I like him. Wow, he answered it so fast because they know. Because they know. Because they know they the questions. Know. <laughs> they know. <laughs> All right, Patty. All right, Patty. Fictional character. Uh, I kept settling, not settling, I kept coming back to Wolverine. Yeah? Yeah. Very nice. Ah. That's a good one. Because he's always running around with a cigar in his mouth and being badass, so. That's awesome. So you guys are like kind of comic fans. <laughs> I, am, I am kind she of. She is more. more. Yeah. yeah. You know, if I had, to, I had to pick a fictional character, it would be J. Jonah Jameson. And right. it took me a while to think about it because, you know, because I'm not a big comic guy. Right. Uh, you know. And I'm going back, right? I mean, I was born in 63, so right. this is going way, way back. It's not a modern comic. True. I had to think about it. That's awesome. Yeah, I had, it, I had to give it some thought. Yeah. I couldn't think of. And there's not, sadly, there's not a lot of female right. fictional characters that smoke cigars oh, right. that there's I can not. think of. There's not. But even um, if they didn't smoke a cigar, like, let's say, you know, you came across this fictional character and you're going to introduce them to cigars. Would there be somebody else? I mean, I would like leave that span just kind yeah, of. Yeah, we've never wild. actually said they had to be a cigar. That's yeah. true. That's yeah, true. So That's a good question. They may want to fly around one woman's invisible jet and smoke cigars. Or? Nah. No, I'm still Wolverine. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, he, For, uh, he is cooler. He is pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, not that I wouldn't want to spend a couple hours with Catwoman or something, you know? <laughs> right. Know yeah, for sure. Just putting that out there. But that's DC. Now you're going a totally different direction. <laughs> yeah. You know? Patty's a Marvel gal. <laughs> so, you know, is there anybody else that you can think of off the top of your head? Um, Tisha, you went all that time to think yeah. of that perfect answer, yep. and now you're going to go, nope, not good enough. I had to sabotage it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, um, what was that Angelina Jolie character in where she was the Russian spy? We just uh, Salt. Salt. Evelyn Salt. 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 That'd be cool. She was pretty badass. There you go. <laughs> That is an excellent she's, answer, She's too. actually played... I, I love her action roles, because she's... She's, she's a badass. Some, yeah. Lara Eon, Croft. Eon Flux, I think, right? Didn't she no, know? no, that was, that was uh, the, the blonde from... Uh, yeah, it wasn't No. Her. Yeah. Damn it. Lara, she, Lara Croft. Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. Yeah. Right. right. Um, but not anymore. Now you got a new Tomb Raider. Yeah, there's a new girl. Um, Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Mrs. Smith. Smith. That was another good one. For sure. Well, I can see that character smoking a cigar. Totally. Yeah. After they torch the house and beat up the house, it's in there smoking a cigar. Mm-hmm. All right. There what else? Uh, now, how to get a hold of you? Uh, your shop's website, your social media contacts? 
Give out the phone number if you want to. Yeah. Uh, the website is Cigar Life Late. Uh, CigarLifeLLC.com, sorry. Okay. CigarLifeLLC.com. We're on Facebook, Cigar Life Lakeland, and Instagram, Cigar underscore Life underscore Lakeland. All right. Uh, Does that cover all of them, Mario, or is there one for you specifically? No. No, Our email is info info at CigarLifeLLC.com. Awesome. Give out the phone number for the shop. 863-603-8495. Awesome. There you go. Perfect. Well, hey, you know, I appreciate you guys driving an hour and a half to come all the way out here and just do the podcast with us. And, you know, really, I haven't met you guys, so putting in the effort and, and, and establishing that relationship is awesome. That speaks volumes for me. So well, we really appreciate our, you our having pleasure. us. Thank you. Thank you yeah, so much for you, coming. Yes, thank you. I've known him quite a few years, so that's why it's kind of quiet. All the questions you were asking, I've already had these conversations with him. <laughs> right. So I didn't want to jump in there with their answers because you get mad at well, me. Well, you're always kind of quiet. You get mad I don't get mad answer. when you chime in with questions. I get mad. No, when you, you get mad when I chime in with answers to I, your questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm like, so Mario, what did you do before? Oh, uh, he worked at Publix. Oh, Mike, <laughs> calm the fuck down. But no, Sh- I mean, shameless plug here, though. Yeah, um, absolutely. It, that's something you should include. Shameless plug. FCC, the Florida Cigar Club. Mike. Oh, thank all you. All the very members much. have been a tremendous, very tremendous support of yeah. the shop. They do smokes and jokes once a month on Tuesdays at our Tuesday shop. night's movie night. First uh, Tuesday of every month, I believe? Yeah. Yeah, first uh, Tuesday of every night. They, they come every to month. the shop. They're great friends of the shop. Uh, people come from as far as where Josh lives. He's like an hour and a half away. Yeah, he he's, he's down on this side. A week. Um, so we have a lot of FCC members at the shop, and they've been a great support to our shop. So uh, That's awesome. Well, you, you, you guys treat us, you treat us nice. I mean, like I said, it's like family when you show up there. Yep. That's a big deal. You should be proud, Mike. I said thank you. You're awesome. <laughs> well, yes. I don't go as often as I should, but we but can, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for you. Well, Actually, it's my wife. It wouldn't have happened. And that's a story for uh, another <laughs> another episode. <laughs> we should interview you. Uh, we were talking about that. Yeah. Uh, we we're going to interview each other for an episode. All right. All right. I'm going to answer your questions. That's uh, okay. <laughs> like, I'll, wait, I know I'll this one. All right. Well, that's it. That's it. Thank you again, Patty and Mario. All right, and that's it. Bye. That's it, folks. Show's over. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can leave them on our Facebook page at Cigar Hustlers Podcast. You can follow the show on Instagram at Cigar Hustlers Podcast. You can follow Mikey at...